Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. But then there's a creative side where, you know, uh, build a bigger character of who this person is in terms of, you know, what they're experiencing, what, what they've come from, where they're going, something like that, so that the, the people I'm photographing, this may not be an actor, it might just be a friend, where they can put themselves in that character, and then they'll see what comes out. And sometimes it works out great, sometimes not so much. Sometimes you got to finesse it. But uh, for me, that's fun to put it on the person and, and then see what comes out of it, because it, you know, it could be magical. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels, from brand new to burnt out, who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. This week is exciting for me. I am interviewing Matt Carr. He is a Brooklyn-based photographer that I have personally been following for a while now. One of the ways that I connected with his work was that I was working on some post-production learning, some different things that I could do with the lighting in my portraits. As most of you know, I love faces. I'm a huge portrait fan, just portraits in the studio, candid, any which way. I love portraits. And I found Matt's work and just, I just love it. I love the quality of the light. I love the quality of the color toning. And from his bio, thought that he had also kind of an interesting story. So I reached out and we did a show. One of the things that I wanted to address with this particular uh, series of episodes, as you know, interviews come out every Tuesday and Thursday, is just the journey that we all kind of start out a certain way. And the journey is the journey for all of us. There is no one way to do this. There are so many ways to be a photographer. And Matt's journey is no exception. So I hope that you enjoy this. I hope that you learn something from it. I hope that you uh, check out his work, Matt Carr, C-A-R-R dot com. And before we jump in, a couple of quick words for you from the wonderful folks that support this show. And after that, an uninterrupted interview with Matt Carr. If you're like me and probably most other photographers, you didn't go into business for all the paperwork. If the chaos of invoices, emails, and to-dos make you a little crazy, well, that's where a CRM like 17 Hats comes in. They have an all-in-one mobile-friendly platform that will just automate your small business. Isn't that amazing? So 17 Hats handles all the tedious stuff like payment reminders, capturing leads, scheduling your meetings. 
With 17 hats, important emails go out automatically. And quotes, contracts, invoices, all that stuff is click, click, paid. You don't have to keep track of it. It's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 hats. You'll free up so much time from your to-do list. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 Hats, 17 Hats, to get 50% off your first year. If you need to put in a code, put in the code PHOTOBIZHELP at checkout. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats. So you all know that I love tarot and I do tarot readings and it's a blossoming hobby that I've been really enjoying. And so I decided to take my tarot knowledge and turn it into a free reading that you can have access to to help you grow in your business. Head to photobizhelp.com forward slash reading to answer a few questions and get your free reading that outlines your business energy. This will hopefully help highlight the things that are serving you and helping you to grow, as well as point out some of the things that you might want to look out for that could be holding you back. So head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash reading to get your free reading. Find out what's going on with the energy in your business. Experience a little tarot tossed in there as well. And hopefully get some good ideas for how to grow moving forward. That's photobizhelp.com forward slash reading to get your free reading. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hello, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I reached out to you because I've been a big fan of your stuff for a while. Oh, thank you. Your portrait work is beautiful, but there's also something about just like your use of light and I'm really drawn to like portraits and faces and stuff like that in my own work, so I think that's a big part of what drew me to your work. Have you always been a portrait photographer, sort of the same style that you see on your site now? Uh, I don't know about the same style. I started off in a photojournalism, working for newspapers. And that was uh, fresh out of school. I went to school for photojournalism. And in journalism, obviously, you have to do everything. You have to do some portraits, you have to do sports, you have to do lifestyle stuff, kind of everything. And they just throw at you really quickly. So it's, it's a good way to figure out what you like and what you don't like. That's super important. That's something that I tell sort of new photographers all the time is, you know, try stuff because you don't know if you'll like it or not. I did food photography for a while and I really enjoyed it. I didn't, it didn't last, but it was something that I didn't even have yeah. on my radar. So you got to have a good stylist for that. Oof. One, of my first, <laughs> one of my first jobs was photographing a wedding cakes. Uh, I think Saturday morning at the bakery, like 5 a.m. before I went off to whatever wedding and just learning how to light a wedding cake and then shoot it on film and print it just where you can actually see the white, you know, the details. For me, I didn't know what I was doing. So it was, it was a good lesson. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's a lot going on that's a lot harder than it looks when it comes to still life or food stuff. For sure. Yeah, people don't appreciate that. Like how, when you see food, it's like, oh, I just, you just have a picture. Like, no, it's a, it's a lot more involved than that. I'm not going to, you know, if you don't have a stylist, I, I don't want the job. Yeah. <laughs> Do you work with other folks when you're doing these sessions, portrait sessions and stuff, or are you pretty solo when it comes to like people? Uh, it's just usually me and an assistant. If it's a bigger job, I, obviously they like to have 
you know, styling and makeup and all that kind of stuff. But uh, generally, most of my work is just me and one other person. Cool. So it's kind of nice. We're pretty tight. We're pretty quick. And um, yeah, it's kind of it's a lot of fun. I try to keep it pretty low stress. People people get stressed out about having their photo taken, and if you can calm that down, then you're you're halfway there to to something good. That's huge. That's a big part of my vibe too. I think I like to. I even say it probably on my website somewhere still that I'm pretty laid back because I think people yeah. don't like that feeling. Do you do you have any techniques to put people at ease that you kind of go to? I just humor really. I mean, I go in there and most people have this idea of what what's something horrible is going to happen, you know, or whatever they, or maybe just that they're out of control and they and they have had bad experiences, bad photos of themselves. And I just talk them through the process, you know, and then tell them that no matter what we're gonna, you know, we're gonna have some you know great lighting, the right lens on your face, and then we're gonna start with this image, and you know it's only gonna get better from here, kind of thing. So even if there's something you don't like that you had that week or whatever, then that's going to go away. But mostly just, you know, I don't know, uh, kind of buying somebody's confidence that they can trust you for whatever time it's going to take. Sure, sure. And I think like communication, over communication, any kind of communication is always helpful. Yeah. I mean, at least I find that. I know a lot of like corporate people just, when I, when I take their photo, like they say the last guy, just I walked in and they just bam, bam, bam. And I was out the door. Like there was no communication at all, which, which surprises me. So, okay. That doesn't, that doesn't work. Yeah, it feels like kind of an intimate thing to a degree when you're trying to really capture somebody's essence, which I think you do really, really well. Not that I know these folks, but it just, you know, yeah. it feels like there's emotion in your images and that there's, you know, they're not all like the same, like a school photo by any means. Right. Yeah, I guess I was talking more corporate in that sense. But like, if it's a creative photo or if something more personality driven, then I like to give somebody you know an idea to work with or a scene in their head that they can internalize and then give it back to you in that look so that they're more involved you know what i mean it's not just micromanaging is that something that you pick for the, like is it like you kind of choose something or is it something that maybe you know about their for those listening i mean you shoot a lot of celebrities and actors and actresses and stuff is it something that you might have already seen them do or how do you kind of um, jump into that space if someone I mean clearly they've been in front of a camera many many times before so is it something that you you know just pull out of thin air or, or what's your process for that uh well it's a good question uh uh depends on how much time you have like some people there's it's so quick you've got no time and if um you know a lot, a lot of those those actors they can they can hit it they, they know what they're going to give you but you can kind of manage that a little bit some of them really can't stand being out of character and being themselves so that takes a lot of coddling and a lot of um give them the scene even if it's like a really quick thing okay i'm this you're that go and you know don't internalize and a lot of actors the, the good ones have had that kind of training i, I figure what's the, what the term is called where you just have a, a word or whatever and then you play off that and the next the other person plays off that and it's back and forth kind of thing so i've done that before that's kind of fun or just just quickly make a fool of myself and then just throw, throw my knees and start going. But then there's a creative side where, you know, uh, build a, a bigger character of who this person is in terms of, you know, what they're experiencing, what, what they've come from, where they're going, something like that. So that the people I'm photographing, this may not be an actor, it might just be a friend, where they can put themselves in that character and then they'll see what comes out. And sometimes it works out great. Sometimes not so much. Sometimes you got to kind of, finesse it but uh <laughs> for me that's fun to 
put it on the person and, and then see what comes out of it because it, you know, it could be magical. Yeah. Do you have just a quick example of, of, of a scene or something that you've tried that's worked that you like or that you go to or just to kind of give listeners an example of, of what, what like a story might be like in that situation? Well, I can, I can throw one out there for the, a lot of those actors on the website. Like um, some of them might be from a, a film festival or whatever where I literally have less than a minute with these people. And I've got two lighting setups on a pocket wizard where I can flip between kind of get something different really quickly but if they don't if they're not happy with whatever is going on or they're not happy to be there they're not happy in their own skin i would just you know especially for guys the guys love this if you say you know give me your best get off my yard look or something like that you know <laughs> i went i went to catholic school so that's that's the way i like people to look at me like what are you doing here you know they give that that kind of vibe and an actor can pick up on that pretty pretty quickly and it's something that's kind of fun to see what happens yeah, I'm sure it's really fun. I just had a conversation with someone the other day. I shoot a lot of families and kiddos, but I also do a lot of like branding adult stuff. And I we were having a talk about how with adults doing portraits, you know, having some interesting things to share or say is really helpful. Kids are running around doing silly things no matter what, as I'm sure you know, with yeah. being a father and stuff. But like getting an adult in front of you and just kind of trying to encourage them to be emotive can be yeah. tricky, yeah. you know, uh, it's tricky. Those are the times I get the most flustered is like, uh, just pretend to laugh, you know, but I think yeah. having more tools in your toolbox is. Or just sharing, especially if you have the time you can share, you know, it's like the Oprah thing. You just you give something yourself and they'll, people open up and they'll give something back. And it's and when I worked in journalism, I was really surprised how many people would really open up to me just like we'd just be talking and they would just, almost confessed to me because they knew they're probably never going to see me again. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm not the reporter. I'm just some guy who just pops in. I'm like a cab driver. Right. I, I lived in London for a while, and I, I thought of doing a series of cab drivers and just doing little vignettes of their life, interviewing them and stuff. And I, I spent a, like, a whole night just driving around to different cabs talking to people. I fell apart, though, because it just like it became like they were just so disgruntled, so angry about other stuff. I wanted them to tell my story of, you know, how people talk and they open up the cab drivers, which I'm sure they do, but it just ended up being how horrible it is to be a cab driver in London. That's <laughs> funny. Like, yeah. Was, the photos are good. But. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I've always enjoyed that too. I had a project for a long time where I interviewed folks and did a series of portraits with them and um, it was a podcast and like a magazine, but I, uh, I also have that on the back burner, but I, I love yeah. hearing, I love hearing people's stories. It's always good. It is fun. It's fun. Yes. And also it's a good way. Like if you're, if people are, people love to talk and love that they love to talk about themselves. And if you give them that space, it's people are, are happy about it. And some people are pretty, pretty shocked. I mean, they're, they're really surprised that somebody can genuinely care about what they're saying. I guess it goes for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That the conversation, the art of conversation, or even just conversations in general don't happen quite as often these days or just kind of in different yeah. formats, you know, it doesn't come through as well over text. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I would love to hear, since this is a space for you to talk about yourself, um, oh, no. I, hate that. <laughs> I would love to hear about, you know, a little bit, just kind of a truncated version if, if whatever works for you, but about your journey, you know, from the journalism days to what you do now. Okay. Uh, it's supposed to be choppy and weird. But that's much of what my life has been. Uh, <laughs> so I started off in Indiana. I uh, went to photojournalism school and got a uh, got a break. I was uh, I'll say I'll call it a break. 
was a job at a local newspaper in Muncie, Indiana, which you've all heard of, of course, uh, down where Ball State is. And that kind of got me going in the journalism world. Before then, I was, you know, I, I was doing kind of what I was doing, I'm still doing now. I was, you know, talking to random people on the street and like, and my neighbors in this really low income area of Muncie, Indiana, and taking portraits of them with lighting for different classes and stuff. And that kind of opened the door for me to get into the newspaper. And then from that, that was an actual job that, uh, like, uh, before then I'd been working at Kmart and all these kind of not, not very fun jobs. So that kind of opened the, opened the door for a world of, you know, you can do something you like and make money at it. And it was, that was wonderful. And from there, that was just when film was kind of going out the door slowly in newspaper world and the, the digital scanners were coming in and the uh, digital cameras were probably still 10 years away. But anyways, the uh, photo department kind of downsized because we didn't need to print photos anymore. Everything was scanned, got a little quicker and they lo- lost two people then. So I, again, choppy. So I, I graduated from school. No, it's all good. All good. <laughs> so I, after graduating, I, that job kind of evaporated because I was a low, low guy, the, the first, last hired. Then I went to Alaska for a summer uh, to do an internship and tried to get a job up there, but there's like four jobs in Alaska. This is the early 90s. So I ended up, yeah, that was, I I applied to every newspaper in Alaska, which is ridiculous because some of them were like two people, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, Then I came back to Indiana and started freelancing for the South Bend Tribune, which is a, a bigger city. That's where Notre Dame is, at least. Every time, you know, Notre Dame sneezed, I had to go take a picture of the aftermath. That was fun. That was about, I did that for about two years. And then a friend of mine was living in Germany at the time. And, and she, oh, there's no email. Sorry. <laughs> we're calling, talking on the phone. And she mentioned how the, the prices to Europe were like $400 for an airplane ticket. And I was like, I never thought about it. I could like go to Europe. And I was like, I, I have $400. So I basically, you know, three months later, I just jumped on a plane with all my cameras and portfolio and, and just tried not to come back. And I floated around Europe for a while and ended up in Prague, as so many people did in the early 90s, and uh, just started working working there at this, this small newspaper called the Prague Post, English language uh, newspaper. I don't think it exists anymore. At the time, there was two English language newspapers in Prague, which is, doesn't make a lot of sense right now. But that was amazing. That kind of a, another stepping stone, another chance to kind of stay somewhere and see what life was like. And at that time, Everything was, you know, was coming from communism into democracy or whatever, whatever the, it is there now. And um, all the magazines were starting up. There's like the, the local L magazine, Esquire, uh, Cosmopolitan, all those magazines. Like every every country has these magazines, and like half of the content comes from America or Paris, and the rest is local. Right. And so I I managed to get a job uh, taking a portrait of a local actress. For the for the L magazine and they liked it and then they gave me another job another job another job and it was for me as a lot of it was on the job training I didn't really have much lighting experience okay but I learned as I went and sure that's where I learned that was really boots on the ground kind of training yeah. shooting slide film medium format and learning lighting yeah that's a big thing I think that's always like the later thing for a lot of photographers including myself is lighting um, is sort of yeah. learning the camera messing around with it yeah i was learning that in another language to, to do my job it was, oh. it was good fun it was it was really interesting and it was a great portfolio time uh not a great place to go if you want to make a lot of money sure but really good for the portfolio did you have a 
dream job at that point in your career where you were kind of you're doing the journalism thing, like just kind of checking things out? Yeah. I mean, at that time, I think I, I thought I wanted to do fashion, which is probably a mistake. I did some. It was it was fun, but it was just the, the fashion world is a different world. And I, it's not for people like me. It just wasn't. wasn't <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just a lot of cutthroat and viciousness. And, and I just saw it from this like small country view. I'm sure from the New York is probably even worse, but uh, making the images is a lot of fun. Working with the team is a lot of fun. But uh, anyways, from there, I, I kind of found that portraiture is always my favorite, but I kind of, you know, anything you throw at me is it's, I'm going to enjoy doing unless it's food, as we discussed. <laughs> food photography, so that's, that's a different yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I spent, I was there for six years <laughs> and then moved to London uh, because I thought if I could, I was, a very big fish in a very small pond in Prague. And I thought if I could do, you know, like a, a quarter of what I did in Prague and London or any big city, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. So I moved there, classic me, like didn't even look into how, how do you get papers or anything like that. I just, just went. And uh, I had some contacts luckily from years of Prague and different art directors who come from London. And so I kind of started up going pretty, pretty well. I mean, it was like, I, at least I, I didn't run out of, but just at the time I ran out of money is when the work started coming up. So isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but it was in London where I realized that my portfolio at that time was like schizophrenic to put it mildly. There was like creative stuff. There was street stuff. There was, you know, what's in your handbag and portraits and all this stuff. And I would go to art directors who, you know, they're used to seeing very specific things from people in the, the bigger markets. And, and um, they're like, well, some of it's good, but who are you? What's the, what are you trying to say here? And the, there was then I realized I have to kind of figure out what I do. And I remember at one point I got a job at a newspaper or a magazine in London, and, and she it was a series of she wanted a series of black and white portraits, and she said I, I wanted in the Matt Carr style. And I was like I don't even I don't even know what that means. I didn't say that when she helped give me the job, but I went back and I looked at my my stuff and. I kind of had to distill that into a portfolio that was all me without any art directors involved or with, without even anyone's input. Uh, so I did what I'm still doing. <laughs> and I went out and found people on the street that were interesting looking and locations I like. And I would, at that time, I would schedule like, say, can I meet you on Tuesday at 10 o'clock here? Whatever, call people up. And, and I built a portfolio of stuff that was very personal like that. And then I shopped that around. And then whatever job I got, or didn't get was based on the strength of what I thought was important. And that's where my career kind of flipped over into being almost straight portraiture. And that was, that was when I started thinking like, what do I really want to do? And that was what I really wanted to do. Thank you for listening. This is part one of a two part interview. As always, all interviews drop on Tuesday and Thursday. I split them up so that they're easy to digest for you. It's also just this, the way the show has been running for a while. So that's what I'm doing. I hope you enjoyed this. Check out Matt's work. Join us on Thursday for part two of this interview. Thank you for listening. A quick reminder, if you want to grab that 50% off your first full year at 17 Hats, go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 Hats, the number 17, the word hats to get 50% off your first year. This is the time to dive into a CRM, get organized, get everything automated so you're doing less. Photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats. Looking for a professional website for your photography business? 
then check out Pro Photo. They offer tons of beautiful designs to choose from and a builder that gives you full control to customize however you'd like so you won't get stuck with a cookie cutter site or have to pay a fortune for a custom one. With top of the line dedicated web hosting and amazing support, let Pro Photo partner with you to make your website a great one. For listeners of the Photo Business Help podcast, ProPhoto is offering a special introductory rate of only $25 per month for the first 18 months when you sign up using the coupon code PHOTOBIZHELP. So whether you've never had a website before or you're looking to make a switch, using ProPhoto will give you a site you can be proud of and the support you can trust. And I can speak to this. I use ProPhoto for my theme. I have for about eight years now. I'm now hosting with them. Their customer support is unparalleled. They're an amazing company to work with. Once again, $25 per month for the first 18 months with a special listener code, PHOTOBIZHELP. I hope you have a beautiful day. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key.